following is a digital media production. Hey guys, we got a really good episode for you today. I go on a pretty good Donald Trump rant. That guy has switched from fun to dangerous, correct, Joey? Absolutely dangerous. All right, stick around. You'll, uh, I think you'll like it. is the mandatory Samson podcast coming to you live from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. I changed the cadence at the beginning of the program. Hi, my name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined, as always, by Joseph Nelly. Hi, everybody. You like that? Yeah, I do. Switched up a little bit. We're also being produced by Shelby. Love you, Shelby. Thank you for doing it. Uh, welcome, everyone. What are we getting into today? I'll tell you. First... We have the March 15th mini Super Tuesday results and a 2016 presidential campaign update rolled up into one. That campaign update is going to be a lot about Donald Trump, who had a very busy week. Uh, We were talking a little bit before we started recording, Joey. I think it's crossed the line officially Mm -hmm. from fun into dangerous, but we're going to get into that as we keep going. Uh, Then we're going to get into President Barack Obama's Supreme Court nominee. That name is actually now out there in the public. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit. I don't have a ton on it, but I want to talk about maybe the political ramifications, yep. things like that. Got a nice climate change update. Uh, you know, it's been a little bit since, since we've talked about climate change, I feel like. Got an update, a scary one, but something that I think is important to talk about. And then we're also going to get into an issue with Newark, New Jersey's public school systems water. Uh-oh. Here's a hint. Yeah. Kind of like Flint, Michigan. We're going to get into that in a little bit. That's not funny. I'm not laughing about it. Uh, We're also going to read a few emails as we go along here. Suggested to me by John Fatigate, my trusted colleague and uh, fellow producer here at Stand Up New York Labs. He he listened to the episode. He was on his way up to, uh, you know, upstate. He was camping over the weekend. He listened to the episode and he was like, great episode. He's like, but it takes a little while sometimes to get into the main gist you know, weigh it a little bit with because sometimes the emails, I always think they're going to be quick. I'm like, oh, we'll just read the email and it ends up being like 25 minutes. So we're going to spread them out a little bit throughout okay. the uh, throughout the episode. We'll see how that goes. A new strategy. Uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just see how it plays. No, no big deal. Joey, how you doing over there? Everything I'm doing all right. All right. Thank all right. You. Uh, you got any thoughts off the top here before we get into anything? Or? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Oh, wow. I would like to just rename the show to The Trump Show. You want to change the name of this podcast, The Trump Show? Yes, because if everyone's going to give this man this much attention, yeah, he should totally just have his own show, and that could be... I think that would do it well. Yeah, well, I mean, he's kind of... We're going to get into it. I mean, it's actually a pretty good like tie-in to what we're going to talk about later with the, uh, the 2016 update. I'm not going to say the number, but Trump has gotten a ton of free free media. We got oh, some charts. Awesome. Well, it's, uh, you know, I mean, the media is so complicit in this guy's rise. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. I'm going to do, this is the first that I'm going to do on the podcast. I got an email at 240, like right, you know, it's four o'clock right now when we're recording the show. Got an email from Nick. He says, hey, Chris. And Joey, I've been a listener for a little while, uh, for a little over a year now. I just want to say I love the podcast. I look forward 
forward to listening it to it every week. Today is my birthday. Oh my god! And I was wondering if I could get some stickers. Thanks. Yes, Nick, I will send you the stickers. I'm not at my apartment, so I'm not filling out the envelope right now. But happy birthday, sir! Yeah, happy that? birthday! Look at that. Pretty cool. All right, so there you go. Uh, stickers will be on their way soon. Okay. First email we have. Oh, how crazy! It's actually from another Nick. Ooh, double Nick. Yeah, double, double Nick. Exactly. All right. Let's read this email. Then we're going to get into the mini Super Tuesday stuff, and we're going to pepper in some other emails as we go along here. Email from a different Nick. He says, Chris and Joey, first off, I've been listening quite some time now, and I'm a crossover from the now J-Train podcast. Thank you. Uh, We were just actually at Hair of the Dog down at Stanton Orchard recording a live J-Train podcast, which is a lot of fun. I met uh, some fans of that podcast, some people that really you know enjoy our podcast, too, so it was very cool. Uh, Keep up the good work. And keeping on uh, keeping the masses informed. Yes, I'm certainly going to try to do that. To my real question, what are your thoughts on audiences at debates? Personally, I don't think they should be there or at least have smaller numbers. I feel that they have become distracting to the candidates, and in turn, they begin to speak directly to them for applause or boos rather than actually discussing policy. Mostly, I think they're part of the reason the debates, mostly the Republicans, become out of control. There has to be some other way for the public to watch something they have a right to see. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Nick. Joey, any initial thoughts on that? Uh, Yes. We have to remember that the audience is there to create an atmosphere wanted by the Republican National Committee. Well, and they're they're there for both, you know, both debates. Obviously, the the Democrats have people there as well. The main, I like the question. It's an interesting question. I'd be perfectly content to not have any audience there. That's fine. I mean, I think it it will change it maybe for for the better, maybe Mm -hmm. not. Um... But yeah, it's for the networks. They're 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 doing those debates to make money. Yes, you know Trump. They were supposed to do another debate. Trump was like, "No, I'm not doing it." So they just canceled it. They're like, "I oh, forget it." He's bringing in the numbers. That's what people want to watch. They want to watch the fucking circus come to town. So that's what it's about, right? As far as actual policy, and maybe getting it, you know, what they actually think about things. Yeah, it might actually be better to not have the audience there. I just think it's an interesting question. It's never going to happen though. No, not at all. You know, uh, again, because CNBC desperately wants people to watch their channel and they're not, you know, if there's no audience there like booing Trump or cheering, you know, old Rubio, God rest him, he's out of the the uh, out of the race now. But, you know, you know, it's like that's what they're there for. But, yeah. Right. As far as actually getting the information out there. No, they're probably not the best thing. And uh, you're right. It probably does contribute to things getting out of hand. Good question. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. All right. Mini Super Tuesday, Joey, is what I'm calling it. I, before we get into anything, I got a video from The Guardian. It's like mm-hmm. two two minutes. Okay. It's just their wrap-up. Some of the speeches and different things, they just like did together like a little mashup kind of thing. So let's play that. That's probably a good way to start this, and then we'll get into um, you know some of the other like hard numbers and different results and things like that. Sound good? Yes. All right. Mini Super Tuesday. This is uh, about two minutes of speeches from the candidates that evening. Here we go. If it starts. God damn it. Delay, delay, delay. Yeah, here we go. I just want to congratulate everybody. This is a really interesting process. You get to the end, you can handle a lot of things, including pressure. That I can tell you, because there's nothing like it. Lies, deceit, viciousness, disgusting reporters, horrible people. But more importantly, we're going to win for the country. We're going to win, 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 and we're not stopping. I like While that song. it is not God's plan that I be president in 2016, or, or maybe ever, and while today my campaign is suspended, 
Oh yeah, Marco Rubio's out. I mentioned it, but yeah, we're gonna get into it. But they, they, here he is. He, all, by the way, this speech, the end of the speech, he gave he for like four minutes, five minutes, he gave a whole thing about like I want to pay service to Jesus Christ, like blah blah blah, and he did like very religious, like mm-hmm. weirdo shit at the end of this, which I was kind of taken aback by. I know that he always kind of pays lip service to God and everything, but. Man, he went deep at the end of this speech. The fact that I've even come this far is evidence of how special America truly is. I have to thank the people of the great state of Ohio. I love you. John Kasich. John Kasich, who in a weird way might be the guy that saved this country. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Oh, look at all the confetti. Yeah, it's a lot of confetti, sure. Here's Ted Cruz, the animal. Oh, he's hugging Carly Fiorina. Jesus, what is she doing there? She is trying to savage her political career, and she feels that the default will be Ted Cruz, and she wants to be there, that she was part of the establishment that brought in uh, President Cruz. Right. Well, she, I mean, look, she has been soundly rejected by every voter in every election she's ever run for. Like, nobody wants you to lead the country or or be involved at all, Carly Fiorina. No one does. Uh, Ted does. And maybe, but he's he's not going to be there either. He, meanwhile, this is like real inside baseball. Joey, we went to St. John's Academy uh, yes. for elementary school. Look at Cruz's tie. Doesn't it look like they're part of our uniform there? Yeah, that was for seventh and eighth grade. That's absolutely right. Distinguished un- over, you know, uh, not the underclassmen anymore. We were the, the cream of the crop over there. All right. It was a good night. Tonight, we continue to gain delegates and continue our march to 1,237. Uh, Here she is. Future President Hillary Clinton. This is another Super Tuesday for our campaign. We are moving closer to securing the Democratic Party nomination and winning this election in November. But we cannot go forward unless we deal with the realities of American society today, and that is what we are going to do. Bernie continued with his, uh, you know, that's what we always hear from Bernie, and rightfully so. They did not, they opted not to televise uh, Sweet Bernie's uh, uh, speech there because obviously the media is now completely done with Bernie. I've I have a question for yeah, you. Yeah, go go for I, it. I know you want to call it Mini Super Tuesday. Yeah, but I'm I don't like that name. Why? I want to call it Underperforming Tuesday. Wow. Okay. You care to elaborate for Bernie Sanders? Because as we said, if he doesn't overperform, he's underperforming, and that's not his way. It's not the ticket. Absolutely. Look. We're, all right. Let's get into it quickly. Bernie. I think is not. I don't think he's going to be the nominee. I don't think. I think the path is is too difficult. It is not mathematically impossible. But like we've said a number of times, he'd have to keep overperforming. We're going to get into those numbers yes. in, in a little while. But he'd have to stomp her in California. I mean, really kill her in California. The problem on the Democratic side is that it's not winner take all in any of this stuff. Yes. The good news is, like, it's really funny. The both parties need the other party system. Just because for this year, yeah, because they would. Well, the Dem- the Republicans had this. This they they changed it for this year. 
because oh. they're stupid. That's why Trump is is where he is. Otherwise, it'd be Rubio, Bush, Cru- you know, they'd have a, a much more legitimate shot. They need super delegates. They need establishment control. The Democrats don't need that. We actually would rather have Bernie as the nominee, but because of the super delegates and because of the support Hillary's getting, she's well in the lead. So it's actually kind of interesting that they 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 really should just swap their systems, and they both you know I think both parties would be a lot happier. Uh, Marco Rubio, as I mentioned ended his presidential bid Tuesday night after losing his home state of Florida by almost 20 points to Donald Trump. Yeah, was, that's what we expected. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't think Rubio was going to win um, Florida. He really, he just tanked it with that whole, ro- you know, the robot Rubio yeah. thing that really, really ended his his, uh, his candidacy. And also, I think the for the like five minutes that he was attacking Trump, I think that damaged him as well. Yeah, too little, too late. Um, oh, by the way, you know, I was going to say this. So obviously I didn't do the two debates from last week and I apologize because I just didn't have time to do that. But somebody commented on the the SoundCloud and maybe I was being sensitive about it, but he, he implied somehow that I didn't watch the Democratic one because it was like the Univision debate. That's nonsense. I mean, I, I first of all, I don't know who's hosting the debates until the, I, do, you know, I download the video and then I start taking notes on it. I'm not paying attention to that. And come on, really? I mean... It, like it does. First of all, it doesn't matter at this point because Hillary just stomped him. You know, Bernie on Mini Super Tuesday. Trump is gonna win. We're gonna get into all this stuff, but like, come on. Yeah, I've covered all the debates. That's not why I didn't watch it. All right, and potentially the most consequential primary night uh, on either side. John Kasich took sixty-six delegates as the winner of Winner Take All Ohio. Why is Ohio so important? There's a couple of reasons. We're going to get to them in a second. Let's do the results first. Kasich, 46.8% of the vote there over Donald Trump, who came in second place, 35.6%. On the Democratic side, Hillary Clinton won 56.5% of the vote to 42.7% for Bernie Sanders. He needed Ohio. It would have been nice. We're going to get into that in a second. Uh It's almost necessary to win Ohio. Yes. Not almost necessary. It is necessary to win Ohio. Clinton and Trump won everything else, and it was, in fact, a clean sweep for Hillary, although Missouri, I guess, I I didn't look today, is technically still too close to call, but she's going to win that. North Carolina, Missouri, Illinois, Florida. There you go. Now, why is Ohio so important? First off, nobody has become president since 1960 without winning Ohio. Nixon took Ohio, but JFK became the president in 1960, okay? Okay. Bad omen for Trump that he didn't even win it in the primary, let alone in a general election against somebody who's going to be a much more formidable opponent, Hillary Clinton, in all likelihood. Second off, this is maybe even more important, Kasich's win put Trump behind the pace he needs to win a majority of delegates. And I'm going to go into that 538 thing that I'm always talking about, the, uh, you know, the who's on track for the nomination. Yes. We'll get to that in a second. He'll have Trump will have a plurality, meaning he'll have the most out of everybody, but he and maybe he will still even have a majority. But this is a setback and a door left ajar for the establishment to sneak through. Joey, do you have any thoughts about that before we look at like the uh, the real numbers here? The last best hope, John Kasich. 
Well, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think Trump. I don't think Kasich is the last great hope. I don't think he's going to win the uh, the nomination. But what he did was put Trump below pace. So now let me refer to this, which we've been referring to quite a bit the last couple of weeks. Donald Trump is at 96% of his target now, not 108% or whatever he was the last couple of times that we've done this. That's crucial. You need 1,237 delegates for the nomination. If Trump gets 1,200 delegates, that's not enough. They can actually do a contested convention. This is also going to lead us into uh, another email that I have that I thought was a great question. But let's take a look at it. So if you go down here, Trump, yeah, well, obviously you get 66 for Ohio. Kasich Mm -hmm. took all 66 of those. Now let me go down to the bottom here. Trump is... Out of the 719 that he actually needs to be on pace, he's at 691. It's not a huge insurmountable thing, which you might be able to make up in New Jersey, New York, whatever other winner-take-all states. But, man, if you could just keep him off that pace long enough, you have a chance to potentially have a brokered convention and get somebody else in there. If Trump gets the amount of delegates that he needs, the only way that the Republican Party is going to stop him is if they nominate somebody else uh, as a third party candidate and run somebody else, a Mitt Romney or whatever, but they're not going to win the election if they have to do that though. Sure. Well, absolutely right. But they're going to have to take the poison pill of getting Trump out of there because they, it's not credible. And we're going to get into all the clips and nonsense that's gone on with Trump over the last week, but they, it's getting to a point where again, it's not fun. It's dangerous. This is not democracy. This is a, farce essentially and okay so they're, they're gonna have to do something about it best case scenario brokered convention now that takes me to my second email that we have here and i think it's a great question that fits into this part of the discussion hi chris and joey i'm a freshman at uiuc and a crossover listener from the tfm podcast now the j train podcast i'd never been to a political rally, but Bernie Sanders held one here yesterday. I got this email, you know, at the end of the week last week. I somehow got to the front row and was about three feet away from shaking his hand afterwards. And I have to say uh, that seeing him speak was truly inspirational. You can really tell how much he believes in and means what he's saying. Cool. That's really Mm -hmm. great to hear. And uh, definitely, that's why the guy resonates with so many people. Anyway, uh, my question for you guys deals with Mitt Romney potentially running. If Donald Trump were to go through the primaries and win enough delegates to get the nomination, and then the Republican Party nominated Romney instead, wouldn't that be a huge screw you to all the party's voters? Also, what would that say about the kind of democracy we really have? The man the people chose getting tossed out because he's not popular with the Republican Party VIPs seems like the opposite of, of, uh, of Democratic to me. Thanks in advance for the response. I just thought that was an interesting question worth talking about. Love the podcast. Keep it up. John, thank you. We really appreciate yep, the thank uh, you. the support and the fact that you love the podcast, and we really appreciate the question. This is kind of what you're talking about, and it's a, it's a it is the truth. This whole thing would have been avoided uh-huh. if at the very beginning, when he said he wanted to run as a Republican, yeah. they said he is not a, Repo- a Republican. He does not share the views of this party. It would have saved him a lot of trouble. That this is the thing. A lot of people are saying stuff like that now, like, oh, if we had only done this, or if we had only done I that. Know. What the what the key is really is that the media is complicit. They've given it started out as like, oh boy, we can get a ton of ratings on this like joke thing that'll go away after a while. Not realizing that if you put Donald Trump on TV every minute of every day for six months, 
uh, people are going to start to listen to what he's saying, and the dummies in this country are going to agree with him, and that's the real issue. Beyond that, the political, the people that he's running against, uh, Rubio, Cruz, Bush, all, all the Christie, everybody, they needed to attack him early on. They, they didn't. Did do, they chose not to do that because they figured he would just get out. And look, let's be fair. I didn't think he was legitimately running either because of the amount of money he was spending. Joke is on all of us because he's still not spending that much money, but the media is giving him a ton of free attention, and that's really been a huge factor in this. So when they when he wins primaries and they're like, "I this is shocking," <laughs> is it? It's not shocking because all you've done for the last four is months talk about him. Yeah, is talk about him, talk to him, give him the opportunity to put his views out there, and that's a huge, huge problem and a huge issue and one of the major factors in why. His message is resonating. Follow up to John's question and like we're talking about with the brokered convention and all this stuff. This is a direct quote from Donald Trump about a contested convention. I'm representing a tremendous many, many millions of people, in many cases, first time voters. These are people that haven't voted because they never believed in the system. Now, if you disenfranchise those people and you say, well, I'm sorry, but you're 100 votes short, even though the next one is 500 votes short, I think you would have a problems like you've never seen before. I think bad things would happen. I really do. I believe that. I wouldn't lead it, but I think bad things would happen. Now, that's what I call uh, passive aggressive. <laughs> just a little? A, yes, and that's a that is a that is a threat essentially of listen, if you fuck me out of this nomination, we're going to have riots with all the dummies in this country that support me. That's a lot of rioting. Oh, please. I mean, Joey, Millions, you know, are millions of people really going to go out and riot in the street? No, but there's probably a pretty dedicated handful of people that are going to go out there and cause problems like we've seen over the last couple of weeks at these rallies and different things. Talk to the people for a second. I'm going to have a sip of my polar seltzer lime, and then we're going to get into the 2016 update. That sound good to you? Yes, it does. So the game we should play is who do they nominate instead of Trump? Is it Mitt Romney? Is it Paul Ryan? Is it someone that we haven't even thought about? And do you have an answer to that? Someone we haven't... Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney, definitely... I mean, Romney, I think, is who you gotta go with. I'll be honest with you. When I was growing up, every year, Hulk Hogan said he was gonna run for president. Oh, my God. Are you... So I think they really should go with him. <laughs> I mean, if you think Bernie doesn't have black support... I don't think Trump is going to get it now. I, that was another thing in the comments where I, I guess I said he probably said the N-word. Apparently, there's there's a clear tape of him saying the N-word oh, okay. for sure. So, okay, yeah. I don't think so. I think I don't think that's going to happen. And try, He's got his own problems, Hogan, with the... Uh, with the trial. Yeah, with the Gawker thing. All right. Let's get into this 2016 update. Again, it's mostly about Trump. Um, the reason being, I think it's clear when you start... You hear, oh, Trump's racist. <laughs> Or he's saying these things and his rallies and or violence and, and stuff like that. But when you start actually, like when I was piecing together the podcast and you start putting in a row all the stuff that's gone down in just a week mm -hmm. and you start listening to some of the clips and the things like, again, fun, dangerous. That is where this is veered into. Before we get into that, I got a really interesting thing. It's called term frequency inverse document frequency or TF IDF. Uh, and it's the scores for the Republican candidates. It's a linguistic metric created by Karen Sp uh, Spark in the 70s, and it's used to identify which words and phrases candidates use most frequently. Uh, China and war. 
Those are your guesses? Yes. Uh, it's, 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 more, it's more than that. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm opening up the document right now. Oh, God, am I not connected to the internet? We'll be screwed, Joey. We'll just have to skip this. Um, could we stop this podcast and start over again and do over-under on how many times you say Trump? <laughs> if, I'll tell you what. If anybody listening to this podcast writes down the amount of times that we say Trump on this podcast, this episode, you can come in and be a guest on the podcast, or I'll call you. I'll call. I'll let you call in and talk for a couple of minutes on the podcast. So does that mean you're going to go back and listen to this and count every single Trump? No, I'm not going to. You well, can just guess. Count- you can just t- <laughs> That's a good point, Joey. Well, you're probably going to have to go back and listen to it. Oh, God damn it. The, the internet seems down. We're going to be screwed here because... All right, hold on. You know what? I'm actually going to stop the... Uh, we're going to stop right here. Contingency plan. N- no, I need to, I need this to work. So we're just... I'm going to stop the podcast right now. It'll feel like no time has passed if you're listening to this. All right, we're back. Fucking Time Warner might be the worst company in America. I mean, I really, truly hate them. They're the worst. Wow. Yeah, because the internet is connected on my computer, and I still can't open up that website. So I got it on my phone here, which is not as good. But all right, fine. You ready for this? Yes. This is Trump. His top scoring phrase is, we don't win. 82, 83.2% on the TF-IDF score. Anything over 50 means like you repeat it quite a bit. So mm-hmm. 83 is like a pretty high score for that. We don't win. You have to. It's going to be eminent domain. That How is eminent domain on that? He, he, said, he, it he, a t- he said it a ton. Jeez. That I can tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh a lot of money. A lot of money isn't even one that he said. Okay, so that's him. Cruz. Now this one, I would note that's his favorite. That's that's the phrase that he says the most, which is interesting because you, awesome. you feel like you've heard him say that a lot. A business flat tax. Yep. Right to keep and bear arms. A simple flat tax. The fight. Religious liberty. All right. The gang of eight is another one. <laughs> Idiot Rubio. When I'm president, eh, that's not going to happen. And he said that ninety nine. Point eight is the oh. score for that. So that's almost, he says it. Oh, constantly. God. Could I guess bartender? <clears throat> um, My father was a bartender. That has to be. <laughs> it unfortunately isn't on there. I, I was hoping that it would be. I don't know. It just isn't. Well, he also goes to reach more people and change more lives than ever before. The 21st century. Okay. Shut up. He's out. And Kasich, fact of the matter is. They have not committed a crime since they've been here. Talking about the refugees, I guess. <laughs> in Ohio, of Ohio, a balanced budget. All right. Uh, that would have been better if I could have got to the fucking website off my computer, but it is what it is. Kind of interesting, though, right? Yes. Cruz is the one that I... Obviously, Trump says, uh, you know, uh, make America great and all that shit, but Cruz saying, I would note, <laughs> he's always <laughs> saying that in the debates. As soon as I read that, I was pretty... Uh, I was like, definitely. All right. Anyway... What do I got here? Chart in media fold. Oh, son of a bitch. Can you believe this, Joey? What? I had the chart saved on my computer. Oh, look at that. All that garbage. All right. Let's get into the last week of Donald Trump. All right? Mm -hmm. Like I've been saying, the corporate media is insanely complicit in Trump's rise. They shouldn't be shocked by the fact that this guy is anywhere near uh, the popularity that he's at. This is an interesting chart that I got. We're just going to run through Donald Trump. 10 variables. That sounds very dude, dirty. 
Oh, only if you're a, a, have a disgusting mind. The ten variables most closely linked to a country, a county's support for Donald Trump. You ready for this? Okay. A correlation of one means that the var- variable is a perfect indicator of Trump support. Negative correlations are in red, and we'll get into those. So negative ones obviously have nothing to do with why you would support Donald Trump. You're, you're actually the opposite of a Trump voter. Okay. Close to one, you're exactly what Donald Trump is looking for. White, no high school diploma, is a .61 correlation. So that's the highest cor- – somebody with the highest correlation to a Donald Trump voter is white with no high school diploma. Okay. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Unfortunate. Look, there are some people that are that are not dumb that are not able to finish high school, but I think it's fair to say that sometimes there's dummies out there, right? And the, the, these are white fucking dummies that support Donald Trump. Perfect, almost perfect correlation. Americans percent reporting ancestry as American on the census. That's point five seven. All right. So white, no diploma, American. Red, we're talking like red. Okay. Mobile homes, percent living in a mobile home, 0.54% correlation. Mobile homes, didn't graduate high school, consider themselves American by birth, right? Mm -hmm. These are the people that are supporting Donald Trump. Great. History of voting for segregationists. Like they supported George Wallace in 1968, 0.47%. Tend to vote for segregationists, live in trailer parks, didn't graduate high school mm-hmm. and consider themselves so, okay th- these are the people born in the united states evangelical christians that's where trump is getting all the support it's not like he's getting it because then there's negative ones labor participation rate if you have a job you tend not to vote for donald trump that's a negative correlation of negative 0.43 history of voting for liberal republicans support for uh john b anderson in the 80s Negative correlation. White Anglo-Saxon Protestants, wasps, people that would vote for Mitt Romney or whatever. Mm-hmm. Negative correlation. So there you go. Interesting, right? Because I also have a clip of Donald Trump lambasting some protests and be like, go get a job. Actually, sir, the people that vote for you, oh, old economy jobs, agriculture, construction, manufacturing, trade jobs, they have a, 50, a 0.50 uh, correlation to Trump. Mm-hmm. So people that tend not to graduate high school are... American, quote, American, uh, live in mobile homes, don't have a job. Those are the people that are voting for Donald Trump. Those are the perfect supporters of Donald Trump. And there's millions of them. Maybe. I mean, apparently. Well, look, it doesn't mean that everybody that votes for Donald Trump fit that characteristic, but those are the ones that are most closely correlated to people that would be a Trump supporter. So, yeah, right? Interesting. These are the people that are coming out of the woodwork to vote for this guy. Racists, uh, dumb people, white people. That's that's his support. Not anybody else. Not not anybody else, but you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like a huge base of support comes from that group. In- interesting when you actually look at the numbers of things. Trump's massive free media advantage. Now, if you're watching Trump get to this level of success, mm-hmm. These are numbers that should infuriate you as an American that doesn't support him or somebody that, you know, is just kind of disgusted by his rhetoric. Blame the media, write to the media. And let's and then let's let's look at Bernie Sanders when he says we need to get corporate money out of politics. This is exactly what he's talking about. Blame yourselves for supporting this type of system if you're supporting Hillary cuz she's not going to end this. Blame yourselves for turning on CNN to watch all the fucking nonsense. And then blame CNN. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2016 presidential ad spending. This is through February in millions of dollars. Through February, George, uh, Jeb Bush has spent $82 million 
Oh, that was a waste. In ad spending, it is a waste of money. Rubio, $55 million. Bernie Sanders spent 28.4, Hillary Clinton 27.9, Cruz 22 million dollars, Christie 16 and a half million dollars, Kasich 14 million. Interestingly, Donald Trump has only spent 10 million dollars in ad spending. Huh. Which is something that we've talked about. He hasn't put a ton of money into his campaign, which is interesting and it's kind of telling. He's only spent 10 million on ads. It's almost like he's not running. How is that even possible that he'd be able to get away with that? Well, here's another chart, and this is the one that really pisses me off. Bought versus free media in millions of dollars. Jeb Bush has gotten $214 million worth of free media. Rubio, $204 million. Bernie Sanders, $321 million in free media. Hillary Clinton, $746 million in free media coverage. That seems unfair. It's, well, fair, unfair, but there is a direct correlation to the amount of time you spend on television to the amount of support you get. Okay? Okay. It's that simple because I always talk about it. The the person that's going to spend the most money is going to win the election. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe it's not spend that. Maybe it's gets the most you know, has the most money value put into their campaign. Cruz, $313 million of free advertising. Christie, $90 million. Kasich, $38 million. Donald Trump, what is this? Oh, $1.898 billion worth of free media has been given to Donald Trump. $1.8 billion, it's almost $1.9, let's say $1.9 billion of free media for Donald Trump. So two, two bills. Almost $2 billion. Hillary Clinton, $746 million. Total, Hillary Clinton has like $760 million worth of, of, of media attention. I don't think... Trump has $2 billion. I don't... The rate that this is progressing, I don't think Hillary Clinton can spend enough money to have the media coverage that he's going to get for free. Ding, ding, ding. That's, that's going to become the issue, and that's why I'm, you're absolutely right. Hillary's going to raise like billions of dollars to run this campaign. But if Trump is just going to get billions of dollars of free ads, he literally doesn't even have to spend any money of his own. That's why he's only spent $10 billion on the ads. But the other thing is... That's very scary. That's a bad situation we're getting into. But what I'm thinking is when we do this, and it is down to them too, if it is going to be them too... You're going to say Hillary Clinton in the same breath as Donald. So maybe it might not be that. Maybe we'll have to see when it gets. Yeah, maybe we'll have to see when it gets to a general election. But don't you think that the circus being in town for the next year is going to. The networks are going to love that. They're just going to cover Trump as much as possible. Um, Yeah, it's it's a scary thing because. Everything that I support about Bernie Sanders, the fact that he wants to take corporate money out of politics and all this stuff, is precisely. What is leading to this problem right here? The fact that Donald Trump might actually be elected president because the corporate media doesn't care about democracy but cares about stuffing their coffers full of cash. uh, That's the exact problem. And we might actually have the reality show fucking president, Donald Trump. Another thought that I had, and this is just something. Oh, but let's finish this up and then I'll give you this thought. Remind me about the reality show thing. Monthly earned media in millions. All right. And this is by the New York Times. All right. This is not like some bullshit that's that's just out there. Trump has earned monthly media in over $400 million, steadily increasing between October. Looks like October. He was just below. Say he was at $180 million monthly, and that's pretty much in line with everybody else, Clinton, Cruz, Sanders. And then you drop off a little bit, Rubio, Kasich's getting basically nothing. But 
starting in October, continuing through February, Trump skyrocketed. He went from about 180 million to just about 300 million in December, January, and he's up around 400 million now in February. Keeps going up. That's a huge monthly earned media over 400 million dollars. It's a huge problem. Huge problem. And how fucking dare the media even go? They they're shocked by his rise. You gave him you gave him the the networks. You just let him have it. Yeah. So people just see him all day. And the dumb fucking trailer park people who haven't graduated high school, they're like, good point. Yeah, fuck China. Fuck those Mexicans. Like, uh-oh, we, we've created a monster here. The reality show point, and we're going to get into more about Trump here because yeah. this is really like, it started out as like, ah, he's kind of funny. And he is funny. Oh, he's lying. Some of the stuff he says is funny. Most of the stuff he says is wrong. And dangerous and not the type of thing that we want in the White House. It just isn't something that we can actually have in the White House. He might kill us all. He'll have his hand near the nuclear codes. We were just at, we were at the bar doing the J train thing Mm -hmm. and I was having a conversation about it. What happens if India and Pakistan, when climate change really hits, say, say, say there's a huge problem where water supply really goes away there and they have to fight over water. They're both nuclear armed countries. Do we want Donald Trump to be the guy that's going to get involved in that to try to stop a nuclear war. Does he seem like the type of guy that would be able to stop a nuclear war? No. That type of temperament? It would seem like he would incite one. Right. And that's like not a bullshit concern. If nuclear war, the next time a nuclear bomb is detonated on this planet will be the last time a nuclear bomb is detonated on this planet because it's going to spark nuclear war and we're all going to die. That's that's not hyperbole. That's a real thing. Do you want Donald Trump to be the guy that nominates a Supreme Court justice? Does, does any of this sound like something that you really want? No. For rational people, it's not. For the uh, voted for segregationist uh, Americans that didn't graduate high school, they, there's no fucking geopolit. They don't understand geopolitics. They don't get that. That's not something they're thinking of. They just hear the crazy shit that he says, and they go, fuck Yeah. <laughs> And that's it. And that and that's as far as it goes. And that's a real, real fucking danger. My point about the reality show thing is mm-hmm. people talk about the Kardashians. They say, what do they contribute? What are they doing? First of all, I like when Kim Kardashian posts pictures of herself on Instagram. I like looking at her big fat ass. I think she looks terrific. I like what her husband does music-wise. They are contributing just as much as anybody else, really, that's in the pop culture sphere. Mm-hmm. Some of these shitty actors and actresses who who make these good. Chloe Grace Moretz, is she really? I don't even know who that well, is. Well, she's in these like shitty movies. Is she really contributing more to society than Kim Kardashian is? No, I think Kim Kardashian's probably, like, I care about. Uh... Shelby, could you look up some of Chloe Grace Moretz movies right now? Chloe Grace Moretz. I can't think of. There was one that came out recently, The Fifth Wave, maybe. Is that what it is? Huh? The killing one. Talking to the mic. I don't know. Talking to the mic. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stan. I don't know. Well, anyway, but she, she's been in a lot of these shitty movies. I, I know I'm like, I'll bring it back around. Okay. She's in a lot of these shitty movies that just don't make any sense. Oh, yeah, her value is better than Kim Kardashian, whatever. The point is, Donald Trump comes from reality TV. Kick ass. Ki- oh, kick ass. I didn't even see that. But anyway, I, I heard that was pretty good. But okay, don't step on my point. Uh, <laughs> Trump comes from reality TV. 
reality television has become a thing that's become part of everyday life. There's a lot of people that watch it. They think that that is reality. They don't understand that there's such a thing as produced reality where, you know, you get the Kardashians to go to the whatever, whatever restaurant, but they tell them when you get there, maybe have a conversation about this, have a conversation about that. They set up the scene. People watch Trump. We've gotten to a point now where we've actually let a reality person Mm -hmm. into real life. They can't differentiate. I think it's a huge problem in our society and our culture where we can't differentiate between what is produced reality and what is actual reality. Yes. Oh, that that's all you're going to that's all you're going to give me on that. Well, okay. Well, explain like what is he doing? We that would be not reality. Well, he everything he says policy-wise is not possible. I mean, if you really want to break down everything that Donald Trump says about the wall and what he's going to do with China, when China thinks you're serious, okay, that's not a policy. We're going to deport all the Mexicans. We're going to ban Muslims. No, we're not. We're certainly not going to do that. That's not going to happen. So that's not real. But people have gotten so used to, I think, watching Kim Kardashian parade around on television and live in her little life and do all this stuff and and a billion other reality shows. That they can't, we got to a point where we literally, everything is so produced. Corporate news is a fucking reality show. That's not real news that you're watching. It's not real information. We can't differ, we can't tell that what is real and what is not real. So That's horrifying. So we got to the point where Donald Trump can say anything and it doesn't matter. Yeah, because it's, it sounds good and, peop, and no matter what he's going to say, people are just going to assume that that's possible or whatever. It's not. And I know I've had conversations on the SoundCloud where they go, well, isn't that the same with Bernie? No. The difference between what Bernie's saying about healthcare, it is possible. Whether it's possible in the Congress and like the way the Congress is set up, that's a different story. But the system that he actually wants to put in place is a possibility. It's something that could actually be mm-hmm. done if there was political will. You are not going to get Mexico to build the fucking border wall and pay for it. That is not possible. You are not going to ban all the illegal immigrants in America. That is not going to happen. You're not just going to bend China over your knee and spank them until they say, thank you, Mr. Trump, may I have another? That is not possible. And I would go after his foreign policy, but there isn't one. There is no far. I have a quote that he has about ISIS and waterboarding that we'll get to later. Not possible, okay? Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. I don't know. I probably shouldn't have gone off that little tangent about Chloe Grace Moretz. didn't really make <laughs> sense, but uh, but the rest of it is is good. We're in a position where the reality show is indecipherable from what is real life and what is produced reality. And it's really scary. And the media makes it possible on top of all that. Because if you see something on TV over and over and over, it legitimizes it. It becomes real. Yeah. That's really where we are. And it's not a good situation. That's why Bernie's so valuable and why Hillary's a problem because Hillary is not a real person either. You see her on TV and She's hugging people and doing all this bullshit and talking about, oh, we need more love. Please. Does Hillary Clinton really believe? She's right. We do need more love in the world, but she's not that candidate. That's ridiculous. When you listen to her stupid answer where she's praying and all this crap, Bernie's answer is a real answer. That's a real answer. He's a real person. Bad news, kids. You can't tell the difference between who's a real person and who's not. That's America. And that's a real scary proposition. Meanwhile, last Friday, Joey, a Donald Trump rally in Chicago was called off amid protests. Trump took to Twitter to blame, quote, Clinton and Sanders people and, quote, the organized group of people, many of them thugs, for shutting down his First Amendment rights. I got a couple of quotes here. Uh, Trump said, 
on the decision to cancel cancel the rally. And this is what I'm talking about. This is stuff where he just says stuff that is a lie. Mm-hmm. But the way it's covered, people just run with it. They think that that's a real thing. After speaking with law enforcement, I just thought it would be a wise thing for us to postpone this rally. John Escalante, Chicago Police Interim Superintendent on the canceled rally. The Chicago Police Department had no role. Trump exactly. says, I spoke to the police and decided to cancel it. John Escalante of the Chicago Police Department says, we had no role. In fact, I can tell you, we did assure the Trump campaign that we had more than adequate resources outside the UIC pavilion and that we guaranteed that we could provide safe access and exit for Mr. Trump. So that's a lie. That's a lie about something. And it just, he said that to Chris Matthews, who's supposed to be this left-wing guy. Did he Mm -hmm. challenge him on that? No. No. He just let him say it. And that was it. I, I didn't think I was that worked up about this, but I really am. Yeah. Like now, like now, again, like now that you get into it, it's really a, a dangerous thing, and we it's got to be over. Somebody's got to. The Republican Party has to do something about it. I mean, again, Hillary could win, but who knows? With all this fucking free media attention and everything, it might be too late. I don't think he can. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't think he can either. And Ohio, thank God, seems to be you know okay. <laughs> thank you, Kasich. Play. Right. The, Proving that like a reasonable or seemingly more reasonable person can win Ohio. Hopefully that's the case. Also, a number of violent incidents have increasingly taken place at Trump rallies, many of which have been filmed. And I have a couple of videos of Trump reacting to the protesters. It's not really going to do us any good to watch the videos of protesters getting punched and mm-hmm. assaulted at Trump rallies. They're out there. Certainly go look at them. They're they're valid. Uh, valid is not the word I'm looking for. They're they're relevant mm-hmm. um check them out this is what's even more relevant trump talking about the protesters and just kind of the general mindset that this guy has about how things work in this country and should work in this country and once again i know i'm kind of i'm kind of preaching to the choir here i imagine most of the people that listen to this podcast conservative democrat whatever are not going to be people that support trump but i promise you if you think that it's a good the people that are supporting him are dummies and racists and just white Americans. That's who's supporting Trump. Mm-hmm. Really, really think about what you're doing. If you even consider voting for Trump, it's dangerous. This is Donald Trump talking about protesters getting assaulted or whatever at his uh, his campaign rallies. Bye-bye. Look, see, he's smiling. See, he's having a good time. Oh, I love the old days, you know? You know what I hate? There's a guy totally disruptive, throwing punches. Which is bullshit, by the way. The protesters weren't throwing punches Mm -hmm. at any of this stuff. Allowed to punch back anymore. I love the old days. You know what they used to do to guys like that when they were in a place like this? They'd be carried out on a stretcher, folks. Okay, so Trump says that. The crowd goes, yeah, like they were all there. Meanwhile, you look behind him. There's like people who are like 30 years old. They weren't around in the quote old days. I I had an argument. I'm not going to say who I got into the arguments with, but about the canceled rallies and Mm -hmm. things like that where they're saying, oh, Trump's First Amendment rights were were trampled on. No, they weren't. He was allowed to have the rally. He he chose chose not to. Right, he canceled his own. And those protesters have First Amendment rights also and the right to protest. They can do what they want. Um. I, I don't even remember where, what I was going to say about that. Never mind. That's true. Oh, 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 oh. Where there's been these violent incidents taking place at the Trump rallies. 
he that language that type of language where it's like people should be leaving in stretchers i miss the old days when that was possible you don't think that that's inciting violence at all it is just a little no not a little i mean if bernie sanders was out there saying and anybody that doesn't want socialism needs to get fucking kicked in the groin and then people at his rallies went out and kicked people in the groin that didn't agree with them you'd blame bernie for it right yep trump saying that is saying it's okay to do this type of stuff. And I couldn't find the clip. I listened to it last week. He's going, don't worry about it. I'll pay your legal bills. You yeah, punch the guy. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. That's not saying it's okay to be violent at these protests. You know, I love our police, and I really respect our police, and they're not getting enough. They're not. But They're not getting enough what? <laughs> respect? Uh, he didn't fill in that sentence. Credit, money. Credit. He, yeah, but he, didn't say. he let the dummies fill in their own gap there. Honestly, I hate to see that. Here's a guy throwing punches, nasty as hell, screaming at everything else when we're talking. And he's walking out, and we're not allowed, you know, the guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Okay. So Donald Trump would like that guy to be carried out on a stretcher like in the good old days, and he'd also like to punch him in the face, which... Fine, good. You could say that, but don't pretend like you're not the one that's uh, antagonizing this base of dumb segregationists, okay? It doesn't seem presidential. It's not presidential. It's fascist. It's very, uh, you know, it, it's 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 not presidential. Here's one more clip of him talking about n- no consequences for protesting anymore. You get him out of here. Get him out. Terrible. Go home and get a job. Go home, get a job. Wow, the crowd get loves it. it. Meanwhile, they I wonder if they were reading that New York Times article that says that there's a negative correlation between people who are gainfully employed and voting for Donald Trump. That's weird. Hmm. Job. And nobody's being hurt, press. Nobody's being hurt. Yeah, no, no. These no. are not the people that made our country great. Yeah, protesters are not the people that made this country great, like the Boston Tea Party and, <laughs> and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, you're right. People that people that stood up for their own uh, belief. Yeah, sure. They're not the people that made this country great. You're right. But we're going to make it great again. But these are not the people. These are the people that are destroying our country. Part of the problem and part of the reason it takes so long is... Nobody wants to hurt each other anymore, right? Uh, and what a Wait, shame. Wait, what? Yeah, nobody wants to hurt each other. What a shame that nobody wants to hurt each other anymore. Sure. You're right. And they're being politically correct the way they take them out. So it takes a little bit longer. And honestly, protesters, they realize it. They realize that there are no consequences to protesting anymore. You know, like when the blacks used to get bitten by German shepherds and hosed. Like, I miss those good old days. What is he referring to, right? I don't even when, know. When, like, and meanwhile, yeah, it doesn't happen anymore. Go look at fucking tapes from Ferguson and anywhere that's happened recently. Yeah, nobody was getting hurt or, or shot with rubber bullets. Or he tears. lives in the reality television bubble where things don't penetrate it. Well, it do, it can't. it's very difficult to have a nuanced conversation with somebody that hasn't graduated high school. For whatever reason, they have it. And those are his supporters. That's who we're dealing with, and that's who he's talking to. That's the big problem. And then there's just a handful of people that write that think that this is funny and whatever. There's no real consequences to what he's saying. Yeah, okay, until we're all dead at his hands. There used to be consequences. There are none anymore. So that's it. Honestly, can I be honest with you? It adds to the flavor. It really does. Makes it more exciting. I mean, is it... Listen to this sentence. Okay. You tell me... 
this sums up his entire candidacy in one sentence. It's better than listening to a long, boring speech. Right? You can hear that from the other candidates. They don't say anything anyway. Isn't watching protesters get kicked out of my thing and whatever, isn't that, isn't that just better than listening to me talk about actual policies? Yeah. It totally is. Why, why do you want to hear a speech? What are we doing? It's fun. Let's talk about punching protesters and getting them carried out on stretchers. F- Good. Because he has no policy. Correct. That's correct. And that needs to be... If the media is going to cover Donald Trump, they need to cover him fucking seriously. And they're not covering him seriously. Even the questions they ask about the KKK, whatever, it doesn't stick because he just goes, I don't know. I don't know who they are. And that's it. They don't... They Nobody grills him. Nobody says, you know what? You can't come on the morning show on Sunday because... You're supported by the KKK. We, we don't want that in this country. No, they're never going to turn down the fucking paycheck. They love it. The people that are the heads of these networks. Oh, they're loving it. Yeah, they, they don't give a shit because they have enough money to fucking leave America if they want. Finally, three conservative movement leaders, Bill Witterman, Bob Fisher, and Eric Erickson have today, as we're doing this podcast, convened a meeting with other GOP operatives to determine what to do about Trump, including the possibility of a third party candidate they could back. Oh, so that's the hashtag stop Trump movement? Um, no, I would assume that, the, well, I mean, that is its own thing, but I, I would think that these conservative guys that are meeting are not typically concerned with hashtags. They're probably okay. trying to get together to like do something real. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, there are people, and this is the thing. As or much never as, Trump, maybe? Maybe hashtag never Trump? I don't know. Uh, hashtag let's, let's not all die at his hands. Uh, <laughs> MSP. Um, no, I mean, I think there's people within the conservative movement that are genuinely upset about this guy being involved. It doesn't mean that I agree with the, all their positions either, but there is at least a certain percentage of the Republican Party that is repulsed by this, even though it is a bit of their own creation coupled with the media and, you know, all this stuff. It's a fr- He's a Frankenstein monster of bad ideas. Like, that. that's really what it is. He's gone running amok. Yeah, and there's no and and nobody knows how to stop it because they've all they've all contributed in creating it. So to to look to really look in the mirror is very difficult for people on on the right side of the aisle as far as this is concerned, and it's it's becoming increasingly more difficult to stop it because they've created a system where it's like yeah it's okay to to put profits above democracy and all this stuff, um, and now yeah okay now you're in that position and that's why this guy is feeding off the system. The only way to beat him would be not to covering him at all. Absolutely, but that ship has sailed. Right, that's exactly right. We, we, I think we said that very early on when this happened. Don't cover him. If he's going to be saying crazy shit, and the only reason you're putting him on TV is because of the ratings and not really because of anything that he's contributing to the political um, conversation, then yeah, he shouldn't be on television. But good luck, good luck arguing with the corporations that run this country that 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 we should put democracy over over money. That's never going to happen. All right, any little wrap up thought about that, Joey, or we're ready to move on to the next thing here? I think we've said Trump enough. This is Gerard Small and Kurt Metzger of the Race Wars podcast. Check out our podcast to hear the very first interracial friends in That's history. Right. That's right. That's right. We are the first. We are the first real interracial friends talking about race openly yep. and without fear. And there ain't nothing like it anywhere. That's you're right. You're cheating yourself if you're not listening. You can find new and archived episodes of Race Wars on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Yeah. So check it out. All right, Joey. Let's get into. Uh, 
couple more stories. We'll move away from the Donald Trump stuff and away from the 2016 update. Obviously, this is a story that we're going to keep covering, and there's going to be more, uh, maybe a little more outrage and a little more um, clearly laid out why why this needs to end from this podcast and hopefully from other people in the world. We'll see what happens. Big news: President Obama made his Supreme Court nominee choice. Uh, and I have a video of him introducing that person. It's like a minute and a half. Let's mm-hmm. just listen to the president introducing his nominee. After completing this exhaustive process, I've made my decision. I've selected a nominee who is widely recognized not only as one of America's sharpest legal minds, but someone who brings to his work a spirit of decency, modesty, integrity, even-handedness and excellence. These qualities and his long commitment to public service have earned him the respect and admiration of leaders from both sides of the aisle. He will ultimately bring that same character to bear on the Supreme Court, an institution in which he is uniquely prepared to serve immediately. Today I am nominating Chief Judge Merrick Brian Garland to join the Supreme Court. It is tempting to make this confirmation process simply an extension of our divided politics. I'm gonna guess that they're gonna keep doing that. Yeah. (laughs) The squabbling that's going on in the news every day. But to go down that path would be wrong. It would be a betrayal of our best traditions. I simply ask Republicans in the Senate to give him a fair hearing. I don't think so. And then an up or down vote. If you don't, then it will not only be an abdication of the Senate's constitutional duty, it will indicate a process for nominating and confirming judges that is beyond repair. As my parents taught me by both words and deeds. What's the deal with his voice, Joey? Is he sick or something? No, it's just how he sounds. Life of public service is as much a gift to the person who serves as it is to those he is serving. And for me, there could be no higher public service than serving as a member of the United States Supreme Court. All right. So there you go. So that's Merrick Garland is his name. Um, Considered a moderate, uh, not a moderate, but like, you know, a pretty reasonable guy, not Mm -hmm. somebody who's like super left, super right. Um, So we'll see. I mean, you know, more is going to come out about him. We'll as time goes on, but that's something that we want to just put out there. And, uh, that's pretty big news. I have a quote from, um, Mitch McConnell. He says the next justice could fundamentally alter the direction of the Supreme court and have a profound impact in our country. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course. And that's why we want Donald Trump to pick him. Yeah. Right. So of course the American people should have a say in their courts, in the court's direction. They did. They voted for Obama twice. That's their say. Then a a justice died on his watch. So he gets to pick one. You fucking turtle. The (laughs) Senate will appropriately revisit the matter when it considers the qualifications of the nominee. The next president nominates whoever that might be. Go, go fuck yourself. So Obama's got an uphill climb with this. I don't think it's going to be, you know, easy to get anybody confirmed here. I think Obama made his point. He, He picked somebody, he nominated them, and now he just waits to see them not have the hearing, and that's going to hurt a lot of the Republicans that are up for re-election. Potentially, right. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, well, look, Obama did what he's supposed to do. He nominated somebody. Yes. Now, I haven't done a ton of research into Merrick Garland. I'm going to wait till you know, a little more stuff comes out about him. I'll obviously be keeping my eye on articles uh, written about him. Well, I don't know. I don't know much about his history, so we'll just have to see as that comes out. Going back one second, I skipped over that ISIS quote that that Trump had, and I want to oh, okay. re- read it real quick because this is like – this just puts a little bow on the fucking thing. Donald Trump, the U.S. should, quote, stop playing by the rules. We're talking about waterboarding like it's the worst thing in the world. I think we have to increase the law. First of all, this sentence is just mental. And it might be the type of sentence that is somebody that's graduated high school or, like, reads or pays attention at all. You'd hear it and you'd go, what the fuck does that even mean? He says, I think we have to increase the laws because the laws are not working. What, what, is that, what does that mean, increase the laws? I think what he means to say is, I don't know. No, I don't really even don't, don't. You don't I have don't. to defend them. Yeah, okay. I, it's fine. The ISIS people chop off the heads, and then then they go back to their homes and they talk, and they hear we're talking about water waterboarding like it's the worst thing in the world, and they've just drowned a hundred people and chopped off fifty heads. They must think we are a little bit on the weak side. We are playing by rules, but they have no rules. That's a child sentence. That's like what a child would say. Mm-hmm. Then he's asked if quote, playing by the rules was what, quote, separates us from the savages. Trump responds by saying, no, I don't think so. We have to beat the savages. We have to play the game the way they're playing the game. You're not going to win if we're soft. You're not going to win if we're soft. And they have no rules. Now, I want to stay within the laws. I want to do all of that. But I think we have to increase the laws because the laws are not working. What the fuck does any of that mean? It essentially means, listen, I'm going to do whatever I want, violating international law. We're going to torture people, things that don't work. We're going to do them because it sounds good. And for the children that are listening to me that want to vote for me, that sounds like something that's actual policy, but it's not. It's a dangerous, dangerous time in American history. And uh, we're going to see where it goes, Joey. I think there's this kind of idea that we will just survive that like humans yeah time goes on yeah well the the idea because we're gonna get into it in a second we we just did the obama supreme court thing i'm gonna get into this climate change update it's a perfect uh segue into it there's this idea i think that people have that we're just gonna survive that humans are just gonna keep existing that no matter what happens everything's gonna be fine that's not the case we could actually get washed away um or blown up or or whatever like it matters who's actually running the country to a, to an extent, and I think if you put Donald Trump in there, you think he's going to stop climate change? Do, do you think that? I mean, we don't have to go through the whole litany of shit, but like, things can go wrong. Yes, well, that's not guaranteed that we're just going to survive. According to data released, data. How do you say it? Data. According to data released by NASA on Monday, February was one point three five degrees Celsius, or thirty four point four three degrees Fahrenheit warmer than the average temperature for the month between 1951 and 1980 way warmer mm-hmm. the previous record increase over average was set in january of this year 1.15 degrees celsius higher than the average for all previous Januarys, like in that time period okay so 1.15 degrees celsius this was 1.35 degrees celsius nice Huge increase from month to month over the average. That's really, really scary. Two degrees Celsius is the globally agreed breaking point. If global temperature averages go above two degrees Celsius, we are 
fucked. I got a quote here. Jeff Masters and Bob Henson from Wonderground.com. That's Wunderground.com. NASA dropped a bombshell of a climate report. February dispensed with the one-month-old record by a full 0.21 degrees Celsius, an extraordinary margin to beat a monthly world temperature record by. This result is a true shocker, and yet another reminder of the incessant long-term rise in global temperature resulting from human-produced greenhouse gases. We are now hurtling at a frightening pace toward the globally agreed maximum of 2 degrees Celsius warming over pre-industrial levels. Look at the words these people are using. Hurtling, frightening, shocker, mm-hmm. bombshell. Uh, wake up, America. We're, we're heading hurtling towards a problem. Se- okay. All right. Mm-hmm. You got any thoughts on that? I think there's been enough coverage about climate change that it is a real thing. Absolutely not. I completely disagree with you. Okay. Because at a certain point, it's how much have you heard? Business. How much have you heard? Let me ask. Let me riddle me this. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump's gotten about two. Oh, I just heard what you said. Bookmark it. We're going to come back to that. Donald Trump has gotten $2 billion, $2 billion worth of free media. Uh-huh. How many times have you heard him talk about climate change? None. Ne- never. I mean, never. Prob- I don't think so. Almost, probably literally never. Doesn't come up in Republican debates unless they're criticizing it as something that's like a left-wing bullshit. Like, it never comes up. That It is not covered at all. We're too busy watching a hairpiece run around pretending to be the president. That's mm-hmm. what we're focusing on. What did you say? Go ahead, about business. It hurts business. What hurts business? Climate change. No, climate change is caused by business. Oh. If we want to survive on the planet, unfortunately, some of those oil companies are just going to have to like cut their profits a little bit. That's just how it's going to work or not exist. Because they're... N- Trick question. <laughs> Pop quiz. Mm-hmm. If we're not here, if nobody's on the planet, yes. how's Exxon going to make money? It won't have to worry about it. Yeah, because we're all going to be fucking dead. That's going to be the, that's going to be the real problem. The Obama administration announced on Tuesday that it will not. This is good news. Will not open the Atlantic seaboard off the East Coast to drilling and offshore oil exploration. Which all is, right, good. Yeah, good. I live on the East Coast. I don't. We don't need this fucking shit like we've gotten around the rest of the world. Sally Jewell is a pretty cool name who's the interior excuse me polish also interior secretary she said we heard from many corners that now is not the time to offer oil and gas leasing off the atlantic coast when you factor in conflicts with national defense economic activities such as fishing and tourism and opposition from many local communities it simply doesn't make sense to move forward with any lease sales in the coming five years so there's a five-year moratorium mm-hmm. on drilling offshore the east coast Jack Gerard, the American Petroleum Institute president, I think maybe Joey's working for him, says the decision appeases extremists who seek to stop oil and natural gas production, which would increase the cost of energy for American consumers and close the door for years to creating new jobs, new investments, and boosting energy security. This is not how you harness America's economic and diplomatic potential. By the way, how fucking expensive is gas right now? Not very expensive. It's pretty low. Oh, okay, but this is hurting that. The thing we're not doing already mm-hmm. is going to hurt us by continuing to not do it, even though oil prices have dropped substantially. And yes, I understand that natural gas factors in, but come on, what, what, what do you want to do? You're saying that this is hurting business, Joey? I mean, it's very frustrating. I, climate is not being covered the way it should be covered. 
Like, because it Correct. should be an everyday conversation that we're having. Like, by the way, we're all going to die. This is real. Stop pretending it's not real. It's not acceptable. Well, you don't have enough people making noise. You have Leonardo DiCaprio making noise. You have somebody God bless him. He's who wins an award and make a noise. I love it. I love that. And But you know what? People that are Trump supporters, people that don't believe climate change, they see Leonardo DiCaprio on stage doing that. They put their fingers in their ears like little children, and then they stop watching his movies. Like, good for Leonardo DiCaprio. You know why Leonardo DiCaprio has time believes that this is a real thing and it like has time to th- because he he's an actor so he does that for a while and then he probably reads and talks to people and he has enough money to like travel around and 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 learn and understand that this is a real thing pinheads oh god i used the i well, used the, i, I used the very judgmental i used friend. the bill o'reilly term i apologize for that pinheads that sit in their fucking mobile homes not reading don't understand that and that's the orthodoxy that the republican party's decided to embrace Hence, again, why Donald Trump is as, as uh, you're right. It, it, it's, it's not nice. I shouldn't be using derogatory terms. You're right. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, are we really going to take our advice from people or take, want our presidents elected by the least educated people in the country? They get their say, but this is, they are contributing way more than they should be contributing. It, it's a huge problem. Yes. Right? I mean- Period. And we're seeing it over and over and over again. And that's why Bernie wants to give everyone college. Well, sure. Yes, absolutely. Look, everything we see here as a problem, everything that we're we're seeing develop, everything we keep talking about, this corporate rule over this country. Well, look, we can either have a clean planet or a rich Exxon. What do you want? Fucking capital. You know, like that's the argument they're making. It's like, oh, no, no, no. We need to have a a clean planet. That's not going to destroy us. And they're like, nope. Anti-capitalist piece of shit. Corporate media that keeps putting Trump on TV over and over and over again. Right. These are, these are things that Bernie is totally opposed. Mm-hmm. Totally opposed. And that's why he's not going to win. And that's really, really frustrating. All right. Let's move on from that. This is interesting. We got this one more uh, quick thing that we'll close with, which is a story that we're going to have to stay on top of. Yeah. It's something that I want to mention. Uh, and then we're going to close with an email, which is a, an interesting, you know, again, we're trying to spread them out. So that's yeah. a, maybe a fun way to end. French state of emergency protests. On Saturday, thousands of French citizens gathered in Paris to protest France's continued implementation of state of emergency laws, which have been in place since November 13th, following the Paris attacks. The powers were extended in February because, quote, the threat of terrorist violence remained very high. Sounds like an excuse. Sounds like an excuse. Sounds like something that we heard after a little thing called 9-11. Yes. Uh, and none of those powers have, have been stripped away. Uh, the government continues to be able to have surveillance powers and warrantless wiretaps and all this crap. Eric Cockerell, who's a left party activist, says the state of emergency cannot become permanent because it effectively means citizens giving up their rights. Correct. Yes. That's what we did in this country. We pretend like we didn't, but we definitely did. And this is something we talked about right after Paris. This is part of our conversation. Mm-hmm. Be very careful the what you're willing to give up in the name of, of safety. You know what I mean? Or after these attacks where it seems like we all need to band together and allow police to just walk into your house without a warrant. Like, wait, wait, what? But we do it because we're scared. Yes. Right? And fear is a, a great uh, motivator or, or facilitator of government interference in your life and taking away rights. Yasir or Yasser Lawati, who's a 
part of the collective against Islamophobia says there have been only four inquiries since November directly linking people with terrorism, meaning this is a permanent state of emergency and a permanent coup. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I bring it up because again, we were trying to draw these parallels to what happens. It doesn't just happen here. It happens everywhere. And we warned of this. Yes. They have a socialist president, probably somebody that I would agree with a lot of the time. This is not where you should be going with this in France. You're a free country. You need to remain free. The more that we allow our leaders and our government to change the law and change the way that society works, the less free we are. Yes. But as they said, the threat of terrorism remained very high. Yeah. it's Guess what? The threat of terrorism is going to remain high forever. When you have desperate parts of the world, when you have very... Uh, religiously driven societies, that's going to be a reality. Period. And as of now, the only way they feel that they can handle it is by taking away freedom and rights. Well, they're not taking away their freedom and rights. It's a state of emergency where we're protecting you. Uh, that's That's always the language that it's used, right? It's never, we need to take away these rights from you. It's Listen, you don't you don't want you and your family to die, right? They're mm-hmm. they're very keen to do that when it comes to terrorism and like f- clear physical threats. Even though nobody in America since nine eleven, right? It's like terrorism doesn't affect us here. France maybe has a, a, bi- a bit of a bigger issue because they're so interconnected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, two parts of the Middle East and with Europe and all that stuff. But like that that was you know th- they didn't lose millions of people. It was a, it was a t- an attack that was well carried out, but. Life goes on. You yes. know what I mean? You can't cower and just allow people to protect you like that. We're very keen when it's a it's a physical threat or a real, you know, a thing that you can actually see. Climate change is going to kill all of us eventually. We don't really care about that because that's not something that's happening imminently and not something that's, uh, you know, and it's an existential threat. Mm-hmm. Let me say, let's close with this uh, this article, and then again, we'll get to that, that final email and we'll close it up. You, you think this is a good episode, Joe? I feel like I'm ranting maybe a little bit. A little rant is always good. Yeah, I think it's been a little while since I got into it. Newark, Newark Public Schools and Lead. Newark, by the way, is New Jersey's largest city, my home state. According to the New Jersey Department of uh, Environmental Protection's annual testing, lead has been detected in 30 of 66 of Newark's public schools. Not good. No, it's not good, and it's something that I think we're going to continue to see. We talked about it at first with Flint, that like there's a lot of places that are not... Everything east of the Mississippi, essentially, has fucking got lead in it. Branch, uh, the action level for lead in water is more than 15 parts per billion. So if they test water and it's got more than 15 parts per billion, they have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Several schools return multiple higher-than-action level samples. For example, Branch Brook Elementary School in Newark, they had tests come back... 133, 168, and 194 parts per billion. A little above 15. A little bit. Louise Spencer Elementary, 20, 22, 71, 134. That's a shitload of lead. That's dangerous levels of lead in the water. Christ. What? What? Like, ah, what are we doing in this country? Public works fall apart. But listen, as long as, you know, Apple's making money, well, whatever, I'm kind of on Apple's side now, but it's all FBI thing. But, you know, it's yeah. like, as long as these corporations are making money, we don't really give a shit about, you know, the the poor. The infrastructure. The, yeah, the infrastructure. We don't care about it. We don't care about public works or public safety anymore. Uh, I got a quote from Newark Mayor Ross Baraka, who, by the way, is 
in the running for greatest name of all time. He says, I understand in the Flint environment that any sign of elevation is going to make everyone go haywire, but here the water system in Newark is still safe. It's still drinkable. There have been some high detectable levels of lead in about 30 of the schools. Uh, all right. That's a little bit of a cavalier attitude. You, yeah, you, it is. You, you're going to act like just the school systems are what? Just on their own water supply? Like where are they getting the water from? Mm, I think it's more the pipes than it is the of water. Of course. Well, that's exactly right. What do you think? The rest of Newark is good? That They have no problems there? Problem. Okay. We're going to stay on top of this. Now, another thing that I know you're not thinking of, Joey, but you're going to be like, damn it. Chris Christie is the governor of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. He appointed the manager's that handle all this stuff. We'll see. Was there some kind of cover? I'm not saying there is no evidence so far that there's any you kind of cover Chris up. You out of this. Well, this could hurt a potential vice presidential run or whatever. You know, we're going to keep our eye on yeah. it because Christie is the mayor, the governor. So he's involved in this stuff. Okay. Let's close with this email I got from Livy and then we'll end the show. Sound good? Sounds great. Hey, Chris, my name is Livy. I'm a sophomore in college, writer, blogger, and avid listener of the podcast. We love you. Thank you. I've come to really enjoy listening to the podcast. Me too. I actually hated it, uh, but now I like it. No. Um, I've come to really enjoy listening to the podcast, especially your comments on the debates. All right. My question to you is about the Black Lives Matter movement's efforts to expose Hillary Clinton. Many of my friends who are supporters of Bernie Sanders have been uh, sharing videos on Facebook and Twitter of some members of the BLM movement showing up at her events with signs that have quotes on them that she said in the past. There have also been members of the Black Lives Matter who have occupied Bernie Sanders events as well, but they seem to be much more direct with their tactics to Hillary Clinton's events. How do you think this will affect Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign, if at all? Uh, do you think they will be able to change people's minds with videos like this one, which she put a link and we're going to play that video in a second, uh, or are they just preaching to their own choir? Also, any advice to someone like me who'll be voting for the very first time as far as deciding uh, on who to vote for? Keep up the great work of the podcast. I hope you have a good day. What a sweet email. Thank you. Yep. I hope you have a good day, too. Um as fu- let's just get to the last question there as far as advice is concerned. I, I answered her email, like so I gave her yes. some, you know, a, a okay. longer answer. But like I said, that isidewith.com is like a good place to go, I think, to just kind of clarify your feelings, see who mm-hmm. you're actually um, you know, according to the issues aligned with. And then I don't I've because I've gotten some questions about the, you know, me saying I'm gonna vote for the Green Party, I'm not gonna vote for Hillary, even though Trump might be the nominee. I, d- I don't personally subscribe to the idea of voting for somebody to block somebody else. Vote for who you think could do the job, can do the job and whose actions and decisions you'd be willing to take responsibility for. I didn't vote for President Obama the second time. I voted for him the first time. After I saw what went down, I was like, you know what? I don't think I can feel responsible enough to vote for him the second time and then have to take credit for the drone casualties and all that. You know, the fact that he didn't put anybody in jail for the financial meltdown and all this stuff like I can't do it. You can. I'm not saying that you can't, but just me personally, that's my advice. Like, vote for who you're willing to take responsibility for. If Bernie Sanders became president and then decided to uh, put everybody that has blue eyes in jail, I guess I'm going to have to take responsibility for that. that. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't be willing to do it for Hillary or, or Bernie or anybody else that's running. That's why I'd end up voting for Jill Stein, even though she wouldn't become president. Um, I agree with her more than I agree with the, the other candidates running. So that that's really what it is. If you feel like taking responsibility for that person, go for it. Now, to the other to the Black Lives Matter uh questions, I answered Livy's email and I'll say it on the podcast here. A lot of the 
uh, criminal justice reform stuff and police reform things that have, uh, you know, that Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders have talked about, not Mm -hmm. really on the Republican side, but a lot of that has come from uh, Campaign Zero, which is the Black Lives Matter kind of prescription for how to fix that system. So, uh, yes, I think they've had that type of impact on the, you know, the conversation and the campaign, which is good. Now, as far as these protests are going, you know, yeah, they're targeting Hillary more than they're targeting Bernie, but obviously Hillary is enjoying much larger support from the black community, which is where I would assume the Black Lives Matter people would resonate most, Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, they might kind of just be preaching to the choir there. Um, Because you would think that people from Black Lives Matter would support Bernie more than they would support Hillary, and that you would also think that people from black the black community would support Bernie too, but, but they just don't. Not the way. It's just not how it's working out. So it, to me, it seems like, yeah, Black Lives Matter is kind of preaching to the choir. Now, I want to, uh, as far as that's concerned, as far as like mm-hmm. protesting Hillary, the police reform stuff is good, and I think they're doing a good job. And even if they aren't moving the needle too much, do it. Go protest. That's what you should be doing. Have some place to go with it, which I think is good about Campaign Zero. Okay. And, and because also you build momentum, too, yes. by doing it. Well, that's what Bernie's doing. I mean, I've had these conversations with people on Snapchat where it's like, look, I'm glad that you guys are involved in the political sphere now. Bernie might not win, but he's at least pushing an entire generation of first time voters or people that are starting to get into the process to see that, yeah, socialism isn't a dirty word. Yeah. It's okay to do stuff like Europe does it. It's okay to give, give stuff to citizens of this country. It's good. He's pushing the the narrative. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're talking about too. Let's play this. This is like a one minute clip. I never saw this clip, but this is what Livy said. It's this, uh, Woman Ashley Williams of Black Lives Matter at Hillary Clinton private fundraiser. Um, we can just analyze the video quick and then we'll get out of here. But this is just an interesting video. I think she handled herself well, the the protester. And I think Hillary, I think you see a little bit of uh, nastiness from mm-hmm. Hillary. And I think also to the question of they preaching to the choir, is this helping at all? You will hear the people that are at the fundraiser, their reaction to this protester. And it's not good. It's not a yeah. good reaction. So... That probably answers the question. A Black Lives Matter activist, Ashley Williams, challenged Hillary Clinton's record on race on Wednesday during a private fundraising, uh, essentially about the uh, the super predators comment that Hillary Clinton made in 1996. Okay. So now what you're looking at here, it's like a really nice house, obviously. It's like this whole foyer with like marble and shit. Hillary's there talking, obviously, to an audience. And this uh, woman stands up with a sign that says, we have to bring them to heal Hashtag which Hillary, and it's talking about quotes that Hillary Clinton has said, and then she interrupts Hillary, uh, I think, as politely as you can as a protester. Now, Hillary's standing there. Meanwhile, this girl's standing there. Hillary's standing behind her, and she's like, no, she's there, mm-hmm. and she's going to have to address her in a second. A very, uh, we've got somebody saying here, we have we to bring them to Okay, we'll talk I'm about not it. a super predator. Okay, so thoughts on that at first, Joey? I mean, it's only a couple seconds left there. Should I let her speak? Yeah, just let her talk. Uh, right, Hillary's got, if you'll let me speak, you're holding a microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are holding a microphone and there's a room full of people willing to throw cash into your pocket. So why don't you just let this kid say what she's got to say and then address it maybe, but she's not going to address the... Uh, the uh, super predator thing, which is a gross thing to say about any, any per essentially the super predator thing is like, yeah, people are broken and we're never going to fix them. 
They're, it's impossible. They're too fucked up. Great. Yeah, that sounds like love, right? This was before the love came out, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, I, who knows? She's wearing her fucking kimono outfit that she's been wearing the whole campaign. So. Issues in this campaign. The very first speech that I gave back in April was about criminal justice reform and about Oh, the people in the back. You're being rude. That's not appropriate. Yeah, okay. It's not appropriate. Why is it not appropriate? Why? Why? Oh, that's just something you're going to sweep under the rug. You don't care about the fact that she did that or like that was a position she held. She shouldn't have to answer for that. I think the protesters are doing well. Yes. Like that's the whole point to put issues out there that aren't being covered and aren't being talked about. Um, but if it's not resonating with people that are at a Hillary Clinton fundraiser, it's not resonating. Yeah. Uh, see, like, I mean, the, the, she's saying it very clear. Like, please explain your record. Like, why did you mm-hmm. call people like me super predator? Like, wh- wh- what is that about? And Hillary's like, you gonna, you want to hear the facts? Yeah, shut up. Yeah, nobody's asked her about the super predators. No one. No, not once. No. Never, never. Never since 1996 it's ever come up. Nope, not once. Okay, back to the issues. Thank you. Uh, the issues that... Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, back to the... Yeah, that's not an issue. Okay, all right. They, the, the, the group of people that are supporting you rapidly... Uh, yeah, we, why should we talk about that, you, you know, that you refer to, to people from the black community as super predators? All right. Anyway, any any thoughts about that email? I mean, Livy, thank you for writing in. We appreciate it. Anybody that, you know, feel free, mandatory steps at gmail.com. It, it is pretty much preaching to the choir, though. Yeah, well, sure, because, again, if you're not going to resonate at a, at a Hillary Clinton fundraiser like that, like people that would theoretically support Black Lives Matter or certainly criminal justice reform or, or whatever be at least pay lip service to being appalled by the idea of super predators, then yeah. Who, who are you appealing to? Um, you would, I'd rather, I mean, for the black lives matter thing, I think they're doing well. I think they're getting certain ideas out there and I think it's good. And even if they weren't get, please continue to protest. That's your right to do that. Um, go to Republican rallies, you know, like go show up at a Ted. I mean, it's too late again now. It's probably mm-hmm. at this point, but it's, and really, you're probably risking your life if you go to a, a Trump one. But that's where you need it to be, and that's where you should be as well. You can be at both, but you should be addressing it with people that are really not going to support your cause. You know. Well, th- this did get a lot of media attention when it did happen. What? Th- well, on through through social media, the the uh, super predator thing, and then the hashtag which Hillary caught on for a while. <laughs> Yeah, but but again, in the in the two billion dollar Donald Trump uh, media blitz, I don't no, think that was matter. being covered yeah. that much, right? Um, all right, that's what we got for this week. You feel good about it? Yep. I feel I feel good about the episode. I don't feel good about uh, the country right now. I'm disappointed about Bernie. Oh, we didn't even get into the uh, the who's on track for the nomination with the Democrats. Again, Bernie's got to really he's got to overperform. Overperform. He's not doing it yet, and uh, we'll see. There are mathematical scenarios where he can still win, but you know we'll just have to see what happens. I, I'm not hopeful about it, but I'd love to see it happen. Uh, and that's about it. All right, 
Listen, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, for all the feedback, for all the support, uh, the emails, the tweets, the snaps. We, we love it, and we really appreciate it. You can go on iTunes. You can uh, rate and subscribe to the podcast on there. Uh, go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can leave a comment uh, under the uh, you know on the episode, and I respond to all those. Joey slacked, I think, the last couple yes, of weeks. Yes, I did. I'm sorry. He's going to get on there, and he'll answer the comments. Uh, YouTube.com slash mandatory Samson. You can watch the show stream live every Thursday at 4 p.m., uh, or you can watch full episode videos, which I try to get up a- as soon as possible. Sometimes it's not possible. Email us, mandatorysampson at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter and Snapchat, Mansamp and Joey from Jersey, respectively. You can figure out who's who mm-hmm. uh, by just simply going to those accounts. And uh, that's it. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>